Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want to spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud, and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Hello, amazing people and listeners. I am back for 2019 and I am badder than ever. I am so excited to bring you today's show, the very first for a fresh new year, 2019. This is the second annual Crappies Award uh, episode, which means we're going to take a look through a lot of people's opinions of what they think the shittest part of diet culture or the worst diet culture trend of 2018 was, and we are going to nominate a winner at the end. This is an action-packed show. Uh, Hold on to your hats because there's all sorts of bullshit awesomeness coming your way. Before we get started, just a few little reminders. If you haven't already gotten our free ebook, which is called Everything You've Been Told About Weight Loss Is Bullshit, please do it right now because, as I said, it's absolutely free. It's an incredible ebook. So it's com- uh, it's been written by me and Fiona Willer, the incredible uh, dietitian from Unpacking Weight Science. And in this ebook, we're really basically busting myths that are flying around diet culture that talk about body weight and uh, weight loss and health and all of that kind of relationship. So it's it's really like the the go-to, the fundamentals, the underpinning of the why the non-diet approach is necessary because so much of what we're being told in terms of what we know about uh, body weight and health is bullshit and we need to reject it. So please go and get that copy if you haven't already. It's at untrapped.com.au and there'll be a little pop-up and you can just collect it and spread the love to everybody that you know. If you prefer to go through Instagram, you can click on the Instagram handle, which is untrapped underscore au, and then click on the link on the bio for the free ebook and get it that way. How technical. So I have some exciting news to announce. I'm just thrilled to bits with the following piece of news. So as you know, the All Fired Up podcast is sponsored by the wonderful Untrapped online program. And we have been running for just over a year and it has been lovely to watch the community grow and watch everybody taking part really kind of get a handle on what living untrapped really means. And there's been a you know, a lot of people asking, when are we going to do something? When are we going to meet in real life? How can we, how can we bring this um, amazing information deeper into our own lives? And so guess what? Untrapped is going on retreat. That's right. At the end of March, so from March 26th till the 30th of this year, uh, I am running the very first Untrapped Retreat. So this retreat is open to anyone who wants to learn more about the anti-diet approach. It's particularly open for people who are participating in the Untrapped online program. And guess what? If you're not a member of Untrapped but you want to come on the retreat, you can buy an Untrapped membership at a hugely discounted rate. I can't even tell you how discounted because it's that big. Uh, All the information is on the website. 
Let me tell you a bit about this retreat. It's going to be at Gaimea Eco Resort, which is kind of at the border of Queensland and New South Wales. I visited there over the holidays and I am mightily impressed with this beautiful facility. It's tucked away in the Gold Coast hinterland and it is a proper resort centre. So we are talking um, beautiful yoga spaces, an amazing pool uh, lovely accommodation, which is all single room, which means you'll have a room to yourself. There's also a day spa on site, which, I mean, obviously that's necessary at a retreat. We need pampering. And in the retreat cost, we're including some treatments at the day spa. So we are not talking uh, about our untrapped retreat being minimalist. It's more maximalist, if you like. Over the four days, I have put together this program that I'm super excited about because I'm not running this retreat by myself. I have invited other fierce anti-diet guides along to help facilitate and help people grow and learn. And I'm so excited to announce the lineup because these people are are just amazing haze and non-diet practitioners. So uh, we have Meg McClintock and Susan Williams both of these wonderful humans are dietitians, and they are going to be guiding people and doing workshops on mindful and intuitive eating. And guess what? They're catering the entire retreat as well. And we get to hang out in the kitchen with them and talk through uh, how to bring mindful eating really to life, to your life, to make it practical. We have the incredible Fiona Willer. Yes, she of the Unpacking Weight Science uh, Awesomeness and the co-author of the e-book. Fiona Willer is going to be talking about weight science and how to unpack it. And she's also going to do a lovely chat on uh, feminism and why this kind of approach is really in line with feminism and very needed. We have the incredible Shelley Lask, who is going to be doing some awesome workshops on moving and finding joyful movement and looking beyond the scales and weight focus and trying to rediscover your relationship with movement. We also have Ashley Bennett, so the body image therapist all the way from Melbourne. And she is a psychotherapist and she is in a larger body and she is going to be doing some amazing stuff with art therapy and helping to heal the relationship with body. I'm so excited to have her along. I haven't finished. We also have Janet Lowndes from Mind Body Well, the amazing yoga teacher and psychologist who is going to be talking us through embodiment and what that really means in life. Uh, I still have it finished. We have the amazing Nicole McDermott. She is coming along to talk to us about how to make living an untrapped life actually real for you and how to stand up for yourself and develop advocacy, right? Because if there's someone who knows about standing up for herself, it is definitely Nicole. And to give everyone at the retreat a daily dose of beautiful yoga, it's Maya Reese who's coming along as well. I mean, I'm just blown away as I talk through this lineup of people who are helping to bring this retreat to life because uh, I really want to create a space and some experiences to to help people dig deep into this stuff. So look, if you are interested in what is sure to be a life-changing experience and, you know, you maybe have been interested in this anti-diet approach and you didn't really know how to dive in, I'm inviting you, come and dive in. 
You can find out more about the retreat at untrapped.com.au and click on retreat and find out more about it and register. We're going from the 26th of March until the 30th of March this year. So it's in about nine, eight weeks time. So close. I can't wait. So on to today's show, you guys are going to flip out when I tell you that the crappies are about to start. So I hope you've got a glass of wine or something uh, cocktail-ish to sit back and really listen and enjoy the following episode. I have an extremely special guest joining me who is our guest judge. So last year I did say I did judge the inaugural crappy awards and swore I'd never do it again because nepotism. So this year, I invited last year's winner of the Crappy Awards, uh, social justice warrior and pole dancer, Hilary Smith, along to help me judge the nominations for this year's Crappy Awards. So Hilary Smith is also a former guest. She was on uh, an episode called Why Social Media Sucks. And she is just a brilliant human being, uh, as well as obviously an awesome uh, bullshit orator and winner of the last crappy awards. So I am not going to say much more because this is, as I said, a huge episode. I really hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, I give you myself and Hilary Smith. So Hilary Smith, thank you so much for coming back on the show to judge our second annual crappy awards. Thank you, Louise. It is my honour to be in a position to be able to come back and have a chat about all the diet culture crap that is still out there. I thought we'd done it at the end of 2017. We did all of our nominations around what was crappy then and I thought we've all made such forceful arguments that basically in 2018 diet culture was just going to fuck off. I know. It didn't It didn't topple. <laughs> what on earth? In fact, I think it might have gotten a little bit worse in yeah. many areas because... Oh, I tell you what, having to just think about the things about 2018 that pissed off me the most, like I couldn't, I could not actually separate because <laughs> I'm, I'm so wound up about so many different issues. So it was hard to pick just one. But, and also, I mean, obviously everyone else is pissed off because we have, we have like 11 rant nominations for the crappies to get through today so oh, wow. I know we have a lot of people who are pissed off about a lot of things which is a lovely a lovely and really sad reality that yeah. we're seeing. I mean it's awful that there are all of these things to continue to be put, pissed off about or that there were all of these things we pissed off about last year but if you've got people out there who are seeing them for what they are then that's fantastic I agree. Yeah, the level of awareness raising, like awareness, seems to be higher than or maybe it's just me in my own little bubble. But people are really aware, really angry, mm. and and starting to push back, and that's exactly what we need. So, should I? I don't know. Should I start start by telling you what pissed me off the most? Yeah, what's been firing you up, Louise? <laughs> oh my god, I've been asking, waiting for someone to ask me that question. <laughs> let me lie down and tell you all about it but of course I'm not I'm not going in the crappies because that would be nepotism and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I, I literally just need to get this off my chest before we get going with the other amazing nominations that have popped in but I thought long and hard about it and it was a tough choice but one thing just kept getting up my nose and really just 
just pissing me off so much I could barely breathe on some days. And it is, you know, there's a lot of diets that we talk about in diet culture and although they're not allowed to be called diets anymore, they're wellness plans or lifestyle changes. Lifestyle changes. Oh, kill me, which still involve calorie restriction but no one's owning up. So in the whole mind fuckery world of the modern day diet, there is one that sticks out as just the, the worst, I think, for 2018. And I'm nominating intermittent fasting. Um, mm-hmm. Just honestly, the, the diet that has gaslighted the globe, I think. And what I'm noticing, I mean, I want Michael Mosley alone in a room and I want him accountable for all the bullshit that he's spreading because as recently as today, he's released yet another book. So on top of the 5-2 book, he's released another book called The 800 Book where he's, he's now saying this is, this is a crazy mind fuck of a diet. The amount of calories you're allowed <gasps> per day. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't end there. It does not end there. It's an 800 calorie a day diet that you have to do for a couple of weeks, and then you have to pick two days of the week where you're allowed the 800 calories. Yeah. Um, but you also have to intersperse this with diet shakes. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wonder who's producing those money spinner. And like the worst part of it is he's spooking this as intermittent fasting has been scientifically proven to be the missing link for lasting weight loss. And he's literally saying that the the science is in. And let me bloody well tell you, people, I have been following the intermittent fasting um, literature very closely in my crusade against putting a whole bunch of kids here in Australia on intermittent fasting diets. And I can tell you that there's like bugger all in the the way of long-term clinical trials on human beings and the ones that are coming out show that basically this intermittent fasting diet is literally no different to any other calorie controlled diet what we see is initial weight loss and then the rate weight regain so we've got hardly any science on this we've got michael mosley uh ranting on about science and being proven and I think he's just basically talking about rat studies. We've got the human studies, which are finding no difference to calorie-controlled diets, but for some inexplicable reason, we have professionals all over the place, and I'm talking health professionals in Australia, saying that this is the key to so-called long-lasting, safe and effective weight loss, and it makes me want to just overturn cars and set things on fire. Yeah, that's pretty fired up. But that's completely legit as a response to this kind of thing. The thing that I don't understand is where the Hippocratic Oath goes once a doctor becomes a celebrity. <laughs> like, uh-huh. yep, yep. First do no harm unless there's a lot of profit involved. Yeah, it's and, and you just, everything that I, and I have to confess, I don't closely follow Michael Mosley because that's okay. I find it's just bad for my arteries. Um, but when I have caught him on SBS I just I don't see any relationship between the way he presents information and what I know to be safe and effective health communication yes it's there's no 
there's no good application of science in the way that he communicates. And even using phrases like scientifically proven, scientists don't use that phrase. No, no. And, yeah, I mean, if, if he's talking, if he is, if his audience was rats, perhaps, perhaps, uh, you know, it's still drawing a long bow. But to yeah. say it's scientifically proven in humans is just bloody incorrect. And the phrase that really, like, made, like, blood come out of my eyes and steam come out of my ears today is this um, stay where he said 800 calories a day is actually quite a lot of food. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, my seven-year-old needs more than that just yep. to stay alive. So, yeah, Michael Mosley, you can stick it up your clacker. Oh, that feels better. Good. Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> Well, I'm sad that Michael's not going to make it into the the nominations because he's obviously he should be you know high up in contention there. But um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear who else has made the list this year. Oh my god, we have a sparkling a sparkling list of shit there. <laughs> and what's been lovely is you know because last year when we did the first crappy awards, everybody who sent in their crappy nomination had been a guest on the podcast or was a health professional. But this year we've got people who have just listened to the podcast, so, to, you know, not just health professionals. These are people living in diet culture and they've been brave enough to send in like their stories and their experiences and I think it's it's really important to uplift the voices of people who are affected by diet culture and particularly awesome to hear how angry they are about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for that exact reason as well. Like when you asked me to come and assist in the judging, I was like, oh, yes, because I know that you've invited this much broader cross-section of people to participate this year and I really want to hear what everyone has to say. Mm, yeah, thank you, everyone, who sent everything in. It's so lovely. So, Hilary, how are you going to judge the crappies? Well, it's funny you should ask. People who heard the episode that I did with you Oh, was it last, no, year before, whenever yeah. that was, last year? <laughs> yeah. It's too hard to figure out what year we're in in January. I know, I agree. <laughs> the people who heard my episode may remember that I used the persona on Instagram as the pole dancing foodie. Oh, and yes. it's my pole dance journey that brought me into, you know, actually brought me into studying health promotion and then getting into health at every size and working in this sector now um, full time. Um, I'm sure that's a very common pathway into health at yeah, every size. Yeah, yeah well established. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it being a, a pole dancer is that it means that over time you get into a lot of amateur pole comps at pubs and similar venues like that around Sydney and then Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's one thing that that's given me, it's how to do a really good scoring criteria. Excellent. So I'm applying those skills that I've learned in that space to this space tonight. And what I've decided to do is allocate points out of 10 across a few different criteria. And mm-hmm. once I've heard each nomination, I'll just quickly scribble down on my pad what they get out of 10 across each criterion and then do some very fast maths at the end. <laughs> oh my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so my criteria are creativity. And I'll do, do points out of 10 for creativity. I'm open to what creativity may present as. Yes. Um, within the next lot of 10 points, I'm looking at the quality of the person's argument that they've constructed. So it's it's great to say this thing is crappy, but tell me why it's crappy. Sell me on what's so crappy about it. Right. Um, and, and, you know, how, how well is that particularly argued within each nomination? And then the final 10 points come from the combination of the passion with which the person delivers their 
their nomination and the number of swears that they use in order to do it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, this is excellent. This is going to be, a, it's going to, I'll tell you, a stiff competition. <laughs> so I think everyone's basically just swearing their heads off as soon as they start. <laughs> Um, absolutely. And yes, yeah, swearing is very welcome when we're going through the crappies. Good. So are we ready, do you think, to start assessing? We can roll with our first crappy nomination here. So we're about to hear from Tanya Vincent, who has sent in her crappy nomination all the way from New Zealand. Oh, amazing. I know. Okay, here we go. Over here in New Zealand, and this is my rant. Uh, I've got a uh, particularly egregious nomination for the second annual Crappy Awards, and it's a ad, would you believe, that turned up in my Facebook feed. It's so weird because it's a just an awful diet culture ad for a mobile phone. You don't really know the connection there, but here we go. It's the Huawei mobile ad, and it concerns an app that they now have available on their mobile phones. So it starts off with some squirrels, and these squirrels are just romping around a tree and a peanut falls on the ground. So there are two squirrels in smaller bodies and one squirrel in a larger body. So you can kind of see where this is going for a start, can't you? Okay, one of these smaller squirrels whips out his Huawei mobile phone, puts the app onto the peanut, and sees that it's worth X number of calories, looks at his other thinner-bodied mate, kicks the peanut over to the larger-bodied squirrel who picks it up. Then a bird of prey ends up by coming over the hedge, and they're all frightened, obviously. they go to run back in the tree. Here comes the first bit of the fat-shaming, where the larger squirrel can't be, get back into the tree. He's left outside with the peanut, the bird of prey, and the mobile phone. So picks up the phone, points it at himself, shows the bird of prey how many calories he would be if the bird ate him, and that scares the bird away. Oh, my God, where do you start? I mean, the reinforcing dieting behaviour, they're relying on extrinsic cues, perpetuating eating disorders and disordered eating, the support of the thin ideal with the two smaller-bodied squirrels, and a massive amount of fat shaming. So, frankly, that is one of the crappiest things I've seen on my Facebook page. And I reported the ad to Facebook. I don't know what's going to happen, but, hey, I can't believe how tone deaf this ad is in the current environment and the awareness of the harms of diet culture. This sort of thing comes up. Absolutely amazing. So that's my nomination for the annual Crappy Awards. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) That is fucking horrifying. (laughs) Oh, geez. I actually watched the ad and my, I have, I'm still trying to pick my jaw off the floor because it's like it's all animated. It's really cute. It looks like something out of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. It's, you know, but it's fat phobia in animals. But anthropomorphised animals, right? I mean, I haven't seen the ad, but I'm guessing anthropomorphised animals, like they've all been drawn so that we can all relate to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even we don't yeah. ourselves look like squirrels. <laughs> no, but well, yeah, we already know the squirrel who's wrong, which is the big one. But it starts so innocuously as well. Like, obviously, this is happening. Like, this is the crappy award, so we know the context in which we're hearing Tanya's nomination. But the the way she told that story was so beautifully woven. So you're like, she, I was there with her as she was sort of describing how innocuously this shit starts. 
Yes. Suddenly, no, boom, fat shame. No, boom, start counting every calorie. Boom, start missing out on social opportunities because you're a fatty, blah, blah, blah. It's awful. Yeah. And you for such an awesome nomination because that's that's just horrendous. Oh, thank you so much, Tanya. And, yeah, just like literally probably the crappiest animated video, hopefully, for 20 18. I'm getting confused about you. This is well. <laughs> but look, if, if I will put the um, video up in the show notes, I'm just warning everyone: do not read the comments. Mm. Okay, so crappy nomination number two is from Jade, and she is someone who listens to the podcast. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's so good. But um, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say anything else. But I'm just going to let you listen. So here is Jade. Hi, Louise. So I this year I got a gastric sleeve about four months ago. And the thing that I hate is how my body is now public property. The comments that I have received um, since starting to lose weight in the four months since I've had the surgery, people will just endlessly, like they seriously won't shut up about how, how much better I look and people will outright ask me what I'm on, what am I doing, what... Uh, uh, what am I eating? How much weight have I lost? It's it's crazy. I joined and have um, very quickly uh, have abandoned uh, support groups for people who have um, had the surgery because they they remind me of people who have eating disorders. It's um, people post pictures of food. I originally joined to get ideas of interesting foods um, to eat after the surgery because I was feeling quite limited. But the first comment after every post of a picture of food is, did you eat all that? I can only eat two teaspoons of food and I'm six months out from surgery. It is crazy. It is seriously the race, like, the race to become the most anorexic and uh, you get attacked for actually eating food after the surgery. I'm amazed. Yeah, it's shocking, absolutely shocking, the reactions of people and, yeah, I absolutely hate it. That is completely crappy. That's that's such a horrible experience for anyone to have to go through. Yeah, it just said the... It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. But to to think that you know the pressure that people are under to have surgery, yeah, and, um, and then the ongoing pressure after the surgery, you know, the mm-hmm. the need to constantly bat off everyone's comments, and equally the need, or some people appear to be feeling this need to compete with each other about who's eating the least. Like that's just awful. Yeah, I, I think there there is a real need for people to get support that's non-judgmental after surgery absolutely and that's, and that's absolutely not weight focused mm-hmm. after surgery which to those still stuck in diet culture might seem odd or unnecessary but 
just imagine Jade's disappointment, right, about... Yeah. Um, the, Going the into recipe out. ideas and then just getting uh-huh. smacked in the face with, oh, my God, I can't believe you ate that and all of that food shame. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Can we take a moment to commend Jade, though, for recognising mm-hmm. that and then for distancing herself from those harmful comments? That's really yeah. good self-care. Uh, I, yeah, to get out of those kinds of groups and yeah. to um, and obviously listen to this podcast. Yes, obviously. <laughs> and I, I hope that, Jade, that you've got like a support group of non-diet people around and non-diet health professionals around because they're definitely around. And, yeah, that's, yeah, people's comments though. Oh, that yeah. whole idea that, you know, as you become smaller that, you know, people stop their cars in the street and ask you, you know, what you've done. Like, you, like your body is public property. That's really disturbing. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jade. So really related to Jade's email or her recording, I got another email from somebody who is also a listener who wanted me to read out her story rather than record it as a rant Um, because yeah which is absolutely fine so this is from Ava and she says hi Louise I saw your shout out for rants and I had to write in just before Christmas a friend of mine underwent gastric sleeve surgery she has a long history of mental illness and I think she might have an undiagnosed eating disorder and alcohol dependence despite this she was able to legally access her superannuation to remove 15 grand in order to pay a doctor to remove her stomach. She only had to go to a single psychology session before they did this. Her life will never be the same again. She's at huge risk of becoming malnourished, especially with this alcohol abuse. She might become socially isolated due to being unable to eat with friends and family. All of this will make her mental health worse. But our medical system is so afraid of fat people that they allowed her to harm herself so permanently. I'm so angry for the life she lost and the pain these doctors are allowing her to suffer. This is not okay. This procedure is a lobotomy of our time and we need to wake up to the atrocity that it is before more people are harmed by our fatphobic medical system. Wow. That's powerfully argued stuff. It's, it's, it's again, horrific. Um, yeah. How lucky is friend to have Ava in her corner? Ah, uh, you can hear the love? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at, but you've nailed it. She just yeah. clearly loves this woman so much and is so hurt for her. Uh, yeah, I think um, I just want to make it clear, I have no judgment about people who choose to have weight loss surgery, but the the problem I have, and Ava's alluding to it here, is like a system where people are so encouraged mm. at all costs to take money out of their own superannuation, for example. Yeah, to you know, to create financial insecurity long term. Yeah, um, and particularly this friend it did mention that this friend is a, a female, didn't it? Did yes. I, did I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, this is already a person who's at risk of having, or you know, likely to have a lower superannuation balance in the first place, and at greatest mm-hmm. risk of living in poverty in old age. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. let's increase that risk. I'm feeling pretty crappy. I don't know about you. <laughs> I know it feels shit. Okay, so moving on to crappy award nomination number four, uh, our old friend uh, Janet Lowndes, psychologist from Mind Body Well. So here's her nomination. 
Hi, it's Janet Lowndes from Mind Body Well. I would love to be saying this year that I couldn't possibly nominate anyone for the crappy awards because everything's been so fabulous. But of course, that's far from the truth. So uh, the crappy awards, I could probably come up with a long list, but top definitely of my list this year or for 2018 would be the Fast Track Dietary Trial being uh, run through Sydney Children's Hospital at Westmead. And this is a trial that um, is about really putting uh, a number of young people between the age of 13 to 17 on extremely low energy diets and even having um, awful things like alternate day fasting dietary patterns um, uh, with all, of course, all with the aim of controlling and reducing weight. So this uh, this trial just has disaster written all over it and, and sadly, very, very sadly, it really reads to me like a training manual of how to teach young people to develop an eating disorder. So uh, that, that just is, um, it's kind of the definition of crappy. Uh, I don't know whether to be angry or sad. I'm really both actually about this trial. So without question, without a doubt for me, that is absolutely way up on the top of the list. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, it's it makes me angry and sad too. It, it's hard to know how which of those two emotions you sort of put above the other one in, mm-hmm. in just rank order. Mm-hmm. Sad, but you can see into the future what it's going to do. Yeah, yeah. One hundred and eighty-six Australian adolescents will be subjected to eating disorder training, and it, there's almost no words. I'm furious about it as well. And, um, you know, it it does involve the intermittent fasting, which is why (laughs) I'm angry because it's, it's, again, they're justifying this intervention on the basis of, oh, we think it's, you know, because it's so fabulous and adults, it's going to be fabulous for kids, even though it's not fabulous for adults. No. Yeah. There's no evidence base that supports this. And there's such a strong evidence base that argues for how harmful this approach is. With anyone, particularly with kids. I know. Look, stay tuned for a blog that I'm going to write on the fast track trial outcome because I did put in an ethics complaint about it and Janet was of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, thank you, Janet, for that timely reminder. How shit the fast track trial is. And I encourage listeners, if you hear about this trial or friends or family are talking about being invited to this trial, if you live in the western suburbs of Sydney or down in Melbourne where they're running it as well, tell them to stay away from it. Mm. Yeah. Protect your children. Okay. How's that scoring coming along, Hilary? Yeah, I've I've got a matrix full of numbers in front of me. I I shan't reveal until the end, but it's coming along. (laughs) You are super efficient. I'm just (laughs) data. Like if if I had been more organised, this would be in an Excel spreadsheet, but as it is, it's just on a piece of paper. (laughs) Brilliant. Nerd is the word. Okay. Well, I think our next nomination needs to get at least a few points for being probably the nomination that comes from furthest away in the world. Wow. Okay. We have Heather here, who is a listener all the way from Alaska. How oh, cool. Awesome. Here she is. Hi, Louise. This is Heather from Fairbanks, Alaska. And I'm ranting today about the program called Bright Line Eatings by Susan Pierce Thompson. This program just has me so fired up because it's complete and utter bullshit. 
She's created her own business called Brightline Eatings, but it's based on 12-step programs. There's three meals a day. You can't have any snacks and you have to commit your food uh, the night before. And if you don't eat exactly what you said you were going to eat, then you have to, I don't know, tell someone or you've crossed your bright lines. It's not good. It's very shame-based, not to mention the incredible restriction. You know, everything is limited. You can't have any sugar. You can't have any flour. You can't have artificial sweeteners. You can't have um, certain vegetables. Everything is restricted. So it's very little food. And when you're on the program, you're starving. When I did it for about a month, a couple of years ago, uh, I wanted to gnaw my arm off every minute of the day. I was so hungry. And then when I stopped the program, I ate nonstop for probably six months. I mean, it was an incredible binge period in my life. And I know it was directly related to the level of restriction that I had while doing bright line eatings. Um, what really galls me about this program too is that uh, Susan Pierce Thompson is always referring to her, that when she lost her weight, that she got to her right-sized body and she was happy, thin, and free. It just pisses me off so much because it's equating being happy and free with being thin, as if all those things are synonymous and equal. And of course, we know that they're not. And what also is incredibly galling to me is that she bases everything on supposed science. She has her PhD, I think, in psychotherapy, and she claims that she's done all these studies and all this research and that this program is completely backed by science, which is not. All she's done is take a 12-step program, monetized it so that she can make a bunch of money. It has nothing to do with science. and It has everything to do with her making money. And every time I see an advertisement for her program, it just makes me spitting mad because it's such bullshit and it's doing such harm to people. And it's really shame-based. If you stop doing your bright lines, then that's what she calls them. You really feel bad. Like, why is it working for other people and not me? And of course, we know it's not working because it's a bullshit diet. <laughs> anyway, thanks for letting me rant, Louise. <laughs> Bye. Oh, I love Heather. Yeah, there was a lot of passion in that. Mm. Right. I, I love the way that she brought her experience in mm. and also mm. was able to really sort of scrutinise the claims and, and unpack the, the pseudoscience and, and sort of look at those commercial interests as against the fact that, you know, this thing isn't actually evidence-based, it's just a woman saying that it is kind of thing. Jane, I tell you what, though. <laughs> I know, this is hard, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking as she was speaking, actually, if we were sort of saying before that this fast track program that Janet nominated is kind of like eating disorders 101, I feel mm. like Bright Lines is kind of eating disorders 201, like you graduate from the one to the other and I you just you're right. a new set of ways that now as an adult you can be guilted and shamed into developing even more entrenched ED behaviours. I thought Heather reinforced that really well when she expressed what happened to her when she left the program. And it's exactly what we know happens to people when they end a period of restriction and starvation. Absolutely. Yeah, that desire to eat and eat and eat is absolutely mm -hmm. normal. And, um, in yeah, and that's that's that is unlike the rest of the program. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe, I mean, a little while ago I did a, a podcast 
episode on Inside Overeaters Anonymous and um, we're, and we're talking about that, which, you know, it's the 12-step kind of program. And, you know, they're not very good, but they're free. But if this person has monetized, that basically tried to make a profit out of an ineffective program that's free, that's, that's kind of even, oh, my God. Super unethical. Yeah, whole other level of <clears throat> unconscionable behaviour. So um, the next nomination, we actually have two nominations from one person. Also, she doesn't introduce herself. So this is Alyssa, and she's actually part of the Untrapped program, part of the community. Yeah, she's she's fantastic because she's become increasingly fired up as, as she's gone through the program. So I will listen to hers. An oldie but a goodie. I nominate unsolicited health advice when all of the people around you start believing that they're doctors, that they have the answer to all of your problems. Clearly, the only problem you have is weight gain. Don't worry about, you know, other aspects of your life. And they start advising you how to be the best person you can be. In other words, how to lose weight so they feel less awkward about you being in a larger body. Ah, I'm 99% sure that at least at some point this year you would have experienced some unsolicited health advice. It could have been from an actual health professional advising you that weight loss was the only thing that was going to take away your chronic pain or chronic condition. It could be someone in your family advising you that if you just tried a little harder, then perhaps you could combat the side effects of your medication. Who knew? Genius. Or it might even be a friend sitting across the table, supposedly being well-intentioned, advising you, should you really be eating that? Do you really feel like that? I'm pretty sure you do because otherwise you wouldn't be freaking eating it. So for this year's inaugural crappy awards, I nominate unsolicited health advice from the daily non-health professionals that we all encounter every freaking day of the year. I love that. I mean, yes, I completely agree. Unsolicited health advice can fuck off. But Elisa's delivery of that was fantastic. <laughs> Lots of humour. It was really good. She's amazing. But that whole topic is of um, there's so many things she brought up in there, like people believing yeah. that it, there's so many beliefs and so much weight bias in there, that your health issues are all about weight, that if you just tried harder, you'd be able to lose weight. And then policing food and body all the time is mm. how crazy. And all of that stuff around fear opinion and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Like, no, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to tell you all about this anyway because I have this vague fear opinion about it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, having the same thing come from health professionals is even more galling, obviously. And to deal with the onslaught from both sides. Yeah. Uh, and daily, as she points out. Right, there's no escape. There's no escape from unsolicited. There is, there is the untapped program. <laughs> this is true. This is why we're here. <laughs> Alyssa wasn't content with just one crappy nomination. 
because uh, yeah. soon after she sent in the first one, she got pissed off about something else. So here's the second one. All right. Imagine waking up every day for the rest of your life knowing that all you can eat is six protein-based cookies and a meal at dinner without carbohydrates, fruit, or any nutritional intake whatsoever. I know, exciting, right? Not really. And let's be honest, if you want long-term results from the following diet, the cookie diet, that's pretty much what you're going to have to do because apparently it's the answer to short-term weight loss. Please note they don't specify that. They just say weight loss because all you have to do is eat the six cookies and have a meal at dinner time and cut out everything that's nutritional and helpful in your health. But sounds just so boring. <laughs> anyway, this diet I discovered on my news feed today. I love how Facebook does that. It's just bloody brilliant. Anyway, I open it up. And firstly, it was founded in 1975. So I question how recent the medical research is and also what it was because I couldn't find it anywhere on Google or anywhere, no matter what I researched into. And secondly, whenever there's about 50 billion testimonial videos on a website, it almost makes me wonder why. Because I think those testimonial videos are there for when you start the diet it fails, and then you feel like total shit. So, yeah, for an expensive and essentially impossible diet to maintain, I nominate The Cookie Diet by Dr. Siegel. Wow. The start of that, where she said, imagine this was your life and all you could eat were these six cookies. And I can't remember her turn of phrase, but it was fairly clear that those cookies were going to taste like nothing at best um that just I was like oh god no please no that's not my life don't make me <laughs> a cookie diet like oh my god and you know the brain that came up with this as well they're like oh my god that's like a forbidden food but we can make a diet product version of that and people will just lap it up because they're all so addicted to cookies yeah it's like yeah look look women you can have a cookie and then <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, totally amazing delivery from Alyssa. And yeah. I do feel for her because you, you were saying you're getting bombarded by all this unsolicited health advice and then, like, yeah. like a literal cookie diet shows up in your feed. Just, no, nah, not what you need whatsoever. Not at all. Hey, everybody. My name is Anna Hearn and I'm the founder and head coach here at Haven Wellness. Haven is a body positive fitness and yoga studio based in Sydney's inner west. And we are proudly, passionately, fiercely, wholeheartedly haze and non-diet aligned. We are really interested in body diversity. We think it's a really interesting, cool part of our world and it makes our life interesting. And um, we just celebrate all, all shapes and bodies and sizes that come into a studio and just try to help everybody move in ways that feel conducive to what they need in the moment, feel compassionate and feel some sort of sense of joy. 
So it's a real honour to be here sharing um, my little rant, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of many of us here at Haven when I say that when you see diet culture, you cannot unsee it. It's so insidious, it's everywhere, and it's so frustrating to to see and experience when you've learned what it's all about and it shows up in places you don't even expect it, like in supermarket aisles and, you know, in conversations with friends and loved ones and you overhear things at train stations and it's certainly in TV and social media, media in general. And uh, it may be subtle or it may be overt, but it is everywhere. So I think you kind of have to have your little bubble up to protect yourself against it. So that can be really frustrating. But what underpins it all is this this lie that diet culture sells us. And I think it's the biggest lie it sells us. And that is that our weight, our body shape is, is within our control, that we can choose our quote unquote goal weight or goal size and and just eat a certain way and exercise a certain way, use discipline and willpower, and we can get there. We can get to that weight. And I feel that that's really neglecting the body's real needs. Like it's not taking into consideration the body's genes, genetics, its natural set point weight range. You know, your relationship with dieting can have a really massive impact. Age and hormones and whether you've birthed kids or not, you know, all these things have a big impact on our bodies and our bodies are meant to fluctuate and change over time. And I think diet culture continually pushing this down our throats that we can choose how we want our body to be and and we can get there. That's not to say that bodies don't change and that sometimes people do um, with certain behaviours force their bodies to change, but at what cost? Often there's a big, heavy cost involved in that and that can be mental health, emotional health and physical health, social health, even financial health. So in a nutshell, diet culture pisses me off in general. I mean, everything about diet culture is problematic, but this one biggest lie it sells us that we've taken on board that we can really control our weight. We can choose what we want it to be and we can we can control it with the right the right behaviours. And I think that everything I've learned from from working with and learning from people like Louise and uh, Fiona Willis, fantastic unpacking weight science, which is just so fascinating. I know from all the research and work that I've done that weight is far, 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 far less in our control than the diet industry leads us to believe. And remember, guys, that somebody, many people are profiting from us believing this, many people. So I'll leave you with that, and I hope that um, this has somehow encouraged you to enjoy a life free of diet culture and enjoy how amazing it feels to be liberated from it. All the best. Enjoy your rounds. Oh, wow. Anna, thank you so much. That was an amazing, amazing rant. It was fantastic. I think the thing that I really liked about it was the way that Anna managed to unpack something that I think we have a tendency to shorthand when we talk about diet culture. I think sometimes in this community, because we know that diet culture is sort of the big, bad, awful thing that we're all fighting, we use that phrase and we don't necessarily always unpack it to understand just what insidious lies sit behind it. And I think she's absolutely Mm. right that that idea that we can control our weight if we do X, Y, or Z is one of the biggest lies of diet culture and is one of the hardest ones to let go of. I think Mm. to sort of transition out of diet culture, you know, there's a lot that you can can forget or release fairly easily, but that one, it can just Mm. just linger in the back of the mind for such a long time. And it's absurd, right? No, No one ever says... Oh, well, you can be whatever height you want just by doing X, Y, or Z. 
Yeah, just by tweaking a few behaviours, you can you can attain the appearance that you've always wanted. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, thank you, Anna. That was really powerful and very articulate. Mm. Our next rant is from Sonia, who's actually a member at Haven. Anna says she was Haven's very first 100% Hayes member. Oh, <laughs> I know. How cool. Here she is. My name is Sonia. I'm a part of Haven Wellness Women's Fitness and Yoga Studio and I have a rant for 2018. My rant has to do with the policing of uh, those of us who are anti-diet and haze and the way in which we speak. (laughs) So I find that in my everyday life, in the people that I come into contact with and make up my world, It is perfectly acceptable and okay for me to be talking about how harmful the objectification of women is and how that we should be deconstructing beauty standards around our bodies. I think this has got to do with, in 2018 in particular, a a surge of uh, what people refer to as body positivity, but it's basically body love, the idea that everybody needs to be loving their bodies. I'm all for it. I think it's a wonderful thing and I definitely think that that self-love is a really important thing, especially for all sizes. But I have found in 2018 that there has been a large amount of people who or situations where I feel I am policed in what it is that I can say. If I move beyond the idea of body love and start to talk about the idea that diets are incredibly bad and that no person should be aiming to lose weight, it is if it is as if I have slapped people in the face. <laughs> and this 2018 was particularly a big year for that because as we have more and more co-opting of the body positive movement and the fat um, positive movement by, I guess, brands and different industries, we have more and more people feeling as though they are body positive and they are on board with this and that they have the right to police somebody who says that it is not acceptable to be losing weight. It is as though there has been more and more of a line drawn in the sand over 2018 as to what is acceptable and not acceptable. And the God of health is still what we must all worship in this obesity epidemic. I don't appreciate and it gives me the shits when I am trying to explain and talk from my own experience as a fat woman very quickly are fearful of what it would mean to live in a world where no one loses weight uh, and are very quick to stop me in my tracks and uh, speak down to me in quite a patronising way. And I feel as though there has been a lot of people um, assuming that this is the narrative that I've told myself in order to be okay with being fat, but it's not something that I should be putting out there in the world. So the policing of people like me moving beyond the basic body positive language into more advocacy uh, around fat bodies is something that gives me the shit and is my rant this year. Thank you. Oh, my God, bravo. 
Super, super insightful, hey? Oh, she's amazing. Mm. I really liked the way that she was able to sort of unpack you know, this isn't just people telling me I'm wrong because they're challenged by it, but it's actually because people have taken on this new idea over the last year or so as to what body positivity actually means <laughs> and the limits that, that that definition now has. Yeah. He's absolutely right that so many more people and particularly, you know, influencers are taking body positivity to mean body love and that that is really limiting the discussion. But then that comment that she had around feeling like you slap someone in the face just because you dare to mention some of the radical roots of the movement. Um, <laughs> I know what she's talking about. It's like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Can't we just keep all of the weight bias and fat phobia and just the rest of us love our bodies and pretend that it's all, all sort of fixed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, it was beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah, the policing of um, and that like the shutting out of the very people who this movement is all about is mm. it's unacceptable. It's got to stop. So well, I think very few people these days know know that. I think people have so easily caught onto the body love idea that they just don't understand that body positivity was ever any more than this. They don't know that they're excluding people in larger bodies or people in differently shaped and coloured bodies. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're all meant to be doing this now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thin white woman with cellulite is allowed to exist, so we're done. Yeah. Yeah, we're nowhere near done. We haven't even started. Yeah. And our next rant is from a dear colleague, Natalie Hayder. She's a psychologist and a a yoga teacher, and she's also at Haven with all the rest of the cool people. And I will give you her rant now. This is the whole thing about the burden to society and we all have this moral obligation to be healthy. What a crock of shit. (laughs) When are we forced to do one thing in society but then have all these other options available to us, such as drinking as much alcohol as we like, taking drugs, buying cigarettes and smoking those, driving fast in a car, being assholes to those we love. We can cheat on our partners. We can gossip behind our friends' backs. We can have as many sexual partners as we like. We can leave a job at short notice without giving a shit about how in the lurch, we leave our boss. Like, why is health the number one thing that people put their focus on? I'll tell you what, it's because it gives us an excuse to continue perpetuating this stigma that if you live in a bigger body, you're a horrible person and you're burdening me as a taxpayer. And it's a crock of shit. Because actually, the biggest burden to society is a mental health issue, depression. So what are we going to say? You're not allowed to be sad, everyone's got to be happy and be a game show host? Bullshit. I call bullshit. Ranty, rant, rant. That was amazing. That was taking the rant brief and really delivering. <laughs> the email was titled Ranty Pants. <laughs> that was brilliant. I, I really appreciated the, the delivery and the passion in there. I think, too, she made some really important points around, you know, that healthism kind of dynamic and this, this sense that, people feel completely okay with the idea of moralising at everybody else about their health choices on the grounds that, you know, oh, well, I pay tax and therefore I shouldn't have to support you if you're what I deem to be for in some way undesirable or irresponsible or whatever it might be. I thought that was really 
really important point to make. Yeah. And she's absolutely right. It is complete bullshit. It is complete bullshit, especially like when you hear like people, people being weight policed by other people who are swigging back their seventh glass of wine or, you know, (laughs) it's, hello, (laughs) why do we pick one and just not really alienate and, and stigmatize another? And it's, yeah, it's a fascinating. Well, some of these things we even, you know, not, not only do we not stigmatize them, but we actively as a culture Mm. idolize them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like the drinking of wine. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, driving a car dangerously fast or depending on which reality TV shows you watch, cheating on your partner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or playing, you know, expensive sports that, that mean that you injure yourself and cost the taxpayer a lot of money. Like it's 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 a definite hierarchy of healthism and I love that Nat pointed it out in her um, brilliant way. Yeah. So the last one that I have for you is actually another email to read out. And this is an overseas email. Hang on, I'm just I'm just getting it up. So it's someone from California. How cool is that? Really? Yeah. I know. I just love that there's so many people from all over the world getting their ranty pants on. Yes. Coin a phrase. I think I think that might have coined a phrase. So <laughs> Um, This is from somebody called Mia from Oakland, California. Her, (laughs) I love the email titles I get. Her email title was pissed the fuck off. (laughs) Right, so she gets some points for swears then. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so hey Louise, I love you. My name is Mia. I am an art professional, art professor living in California and I have a rant for you. Can I just say this? The latest episode of Kara Swisher's Recode podcast, interviewing a true piece of human garbage, the CEO of Weight Watchers, or as they now call it, woof woof, <laughs> Mindy Grossman, and it is gross. Everything she spews from her mouth is awful. I don't really think anyone needs to actually subject their ears to it, but listening to her plan to try to get woof woof into every home, or as she puts it, Amazon for shopping. Netflix for entertainment and what what for wellness. Oh. Holy shit. <laughs> I am someone who comes from a family of women who have been on and off the Weight Watchers torture train for decades. I know that not only does that shit not work, but it is a predatory system designed to prey upon misery, designed to not work long term, so customers keep coming back in shame and blaming themselves. I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> Anyways, I love you so much. I'm a huge fan and I thought I'd pass this little turd along. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Mia. I love it. I love the passion of that. And, I mean, how could we do, how could we possibly do a 2018 crappies without mentioning what were and their Indeed. fucking shameless co-option of body positivity yeah wellness like it's like it's literally they're not going to stop until I get the whole world yeah yeah did you ever see a musical called Little Shop of Horrors I love that musical you know how the entire plan there is for the plants to eventually take over the entire country and eat everyone (laughs) yes that's kind of what work feels like for me 
<laughs> oh my god it's an alien invasion and we've never known yeah i feel like if anyone out there is really good at writing parody lyrics to things they need to take the song don't feed the plants from little shop of horrors and rewrite it to be about what what <laughs> oh my god it'd be like feed me seymour it's actually like don't feed anyone what what <laughs> please anyone go on, <laughs> go on. Well, that was a fantastic entry i uh, sorry i got caught up with my yeah. little little shot of horrors analogy but that was a really good entry from me i really really enjoyed the way she sort of prosecuted that argument and and dissected what's going on and sort of said you know this is really awful what's being said and done and this is ultimately where they're trying to go to with this and that's how terrifying things really are it's like i can't actually comprehend because you know netflix is something i hold dear to my heart and and it's 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 everywhere and it's a good thing. <laughs> but what work for wellness? What the fuck? Like wellness is not a brand. No, no. There are some things that it's okay for everyone to have in their house. It's okay for us to have heating, cooling, refrigeration. That's all fine. Entertainment, fine. We don't all need some massive diet behemoth in our homes. But it's even like what is like how can they how can they make us buy stuff that we don't need? Like we literally don't need to turn to Weight Watchers for our own health choices. They've done a shit no. job so far. Like that, Mia was talking about her whole family, intergenerational trauma from, from the torture yeah. train. So that we're not handing over the reins to you guys. <laughs> no, thank you. No. <laughs> so you, how's your spreadsheet looking? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I fitted everything onto one side of A5, which I'm really proud of. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Which isn't to say that I didn't take this very seriously. It's just that I, I have squished bits and pieces in all over the page. <laughs> but look, this has been this has been a fantastic. At some points, quite heavy, but a fantastic experience to hear all of these um, rants and all of these nominations for the crappy awards tonight. It's just it's reinvigorated. Not that I really felt I needed it. It's really reinvigorated my my own sort of passion and drive to say we've got to get rid of diet culture and we've got to get people really understanding that they can walk away from this absolute crap. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing everyone's voices. Like, yeah. It's reinvigorating. It's affirming because, mm. you know, the rage is growing and it's not just, um, it's not unique to health professionals. This is affecting everybody mm. and, and the pushback is happening what I, what I loved, I mean, obviously this is only the second crappy awards that we run and I want to keep running them, um, Good. But, but this set of nominations, it was really complex and rich and deep and varied and that's really encouraging in a lot of ways as well as very discouraging that a lot of stuff is so shit. But, yeah, two sides of a coin. So what would you like to do in terms of announcing the winner? Do you want to do like top three or do you want to do special mentions? I'm leaving it. If we do top three, we're going to run into trouble that I've got about four people tying for second. Really? <laughs> okay. The part I've run into is that everyone was awesome, so they've all gotten really high score. <laughs> but there is one person who has won by one point. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How I mean, about if you if you let us know who tied for second, if there's a few people in second? All right. So in second, I had Tanya with her, pre- her presentation about Huawei. Yeah. 
Jade with her discussion of being public property after gastric band surgery. Yeah. And Ava with her discussion about her, her perspective on her friend having had a gastric band. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Mindy and her discussion of what work and just how well prosecuted that was. Oh, okay, Mia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Mia. So, oh, yeah. my God. I am so sorry, Mia. I did not mean to call you the name of the person who you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, so clearly I probably needed to use a bigger piece of paper. <laughs> tips, tips for next time. It's fine. I'm so sorry, Mia. You're nothing like Mindy, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. So before you announce the winner, mm. I want to announce the prize. Which, yeah. I've just decided to run with the same prize as last time because I loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a bullshit button. And you were the proud receiver of the bullshit button from last year. Have you found it useful? I was. I have it with me right now, actually. (laughs) And, yes, I've definitely found it useful. I've used it in my own social media posting a little bit, but I've also found it a fantastic thing to have in my house and just press repeatedly when I need to. (laughs) I love it. So that's the lucky uh, crappy award winner for 2018 will be the recipient of this esteemed bullshit button. Amazing. Okay, shall I do a drum roll? Yeah, if you can. I was wondering how I was going to achieve that. Okay, ready? (laughs) That's authentic, isn't it? Sounds exactly like a drum. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner is? The winner is Alyssa for her nomination on health advice (laughs) and unsolicited health advice specifically. (laughs) I'm, that is a great um, choice. She's going to be absolutely over the moon and I commend your judgment on this. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, I, I, look, like I said, everyone scored so well in this because everyone put together such impassioned and wonderfully well-reasoned and argued nominations. But Alyssa just very slightly edged it because of the amount of humour that she brought into her delivery. Yep, 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 you're right. And I think if there's someone who would really benefit from a bullshit button in her life, it is Alyssa. So when you get the unsolicited health advice, Alyssa, you can just hit that button yeah. and, and literally call bullshit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Do you want me to play a couple of tunes from mine so she can know what she's getting? Yeah, go for it. So here's one of the things that it might say for you. Bullshit. <laughs> or if you press it again, you might get... <laughs> and I think there are another six or so besides, but it's very, very satisfying. <laughs> what it can do is take a crappy situation and hopefully make you think of us and not just being the crappy award winner for 2018, but also the whole un- untrapped community and the whole non-diet community and the whole, you know, Hayes movement is is behind you. So absolutely. I think sometimes in diet culture you can feel so alone with just how crappy things are. But you know, I've got I've got a warm heart after tonight hearing everyone's passion about creating change. So mm. yeah. And everyone taking social justice as implied. Like the reason all of these things that we've heard about tonight are crappy is because they are unjust. And that's everyone's starting point, And that's awesome well said yeah right this is all about waking up 
seeing diet culture for what it is and firmly rejecting it because, you know, there's nothing wrong with us. There's something terribly wrong with diet culture. Mm. Yeah. So can I say a huge thank you to you for coming on and and being the first judge for the crappy awards and you did such a brilliant job (laughs) honestly thank you for giving me the opportunity it was a really nice surprise when I opened the email from you the other day saying would I like to judge I thought you know I thought the bullshit button was award enough (laughs) (laughs) but there's more (laughs) Uh, it's been fantastic I really I've genuinely really appreciated being able to not only listen to everyone's nominations, which has been awesome, but also to be able to talk about them and have a bit of a think with you around, you know, what what are they really saying and Mm. Mm. what else can we all fight for, I suppose? (laughs) Well, look, bring it on. 2019, brand new year. Just letting everyone know if diet culture doesn't topple this year, then we will have a 2019 crappy award. (laughs) So keep your eyes open and, and your critical thinking hat on and keep on pushing back so thank you again Hillary it has been wonderful it has so that's it for the very first episode back for 2019 congratulations again to a pretty awesome winner for the second crappy awards and thank you all for listening and enjoying this podcast and of course if you are loving it please um, go online and rate and review it. Give it a five-star rating so more and more people can see and hear this message uh, of fierce, compassionate protest against diet culture. Uh, And subscribe if you haven't so you don't miss episodes when they come out. So just a heads up, they will come out from now on every two weeks. I'm going to do my absolute best to be nice and consistent in 2019. So that's it for this episode and thank you all so much. I look forward to seeing you in another two weeks with some fresh diet culture bullshit for this year. So stay safe, everybody, and until I talk to you next, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap.